listening to Raising HSC, a podcast designed for parents with students in Hamilton Southeastern schools. Each episode, you'll hear from different staff and teachers, and they'll share with you helpful tips, information that your student can use, and a few parenting hacks. Because together, we're Raising HSE. Hi, my name is Brooke Lawson, and I'm the Mental Health and School Counseling Coordinator for Hamilton Southeastern Schools. We are so excited to have you join our first podcasts to talk a little bit about how to navigate these difficult times that we're living in. With me, I have four of our school counselors joining us who are gonna answer some questions on supporting your child during virtual learning. I'm gonna give them an opportunity now to introduce themselves. My name is Sarith Finn and I'm the school counselor at Cumberland Road Elementary. I'm uh, John Kozlowski and I am the fifth grade counselor at Fall Creek Intermediate. And I'm Lauren Isaacs. I am the counselor for grades five through eight at HIJH. Hello, and I'm Greg Davidson, and I serve as school counselor at Hamilton Southeastern High School. So we're going to talk a little bit about some common questions that we hear parents asking on how to support their children. And the counselors are going to give some great tips and tricks and ideas of how you can help support your child. So first off, how might I help my child engage and attend to the Zoom lessons? No matter what I do, it feels like they can't pay attention to what the teacher is saying. Brooke, if I could, I'd like to answer this one. Um, and certainly the things that I'm saying, I did not come up with. I didn't write a book on this and probably didn't know these things before this all started. I've just uh, looked at a lot of websites and, and tried to find resources that might help parents, including myself. Um, so engaging students in Zooms, even, even students who don't get on the Zooms. Um, one thing, as much as you can, try to make their experience look and feel um, as much like school as you can. Okay, so our students um, are all about flexible seating and non-traditional classroom setups and all that kind of stuff, right, while they're here in school. But uh, laying in bed, eating your breakfast with your pajamas on probably is not the best way to promote engagement. So trying to do those habits that they do when they're in school, okay? Trying to stick to those things like getting up in the morning, having that routine, um, getting ready, taking a shower, having breakfast before they get on their Zoom, um, I think is really important to kind of set the stage for the engagement in the Zoom. I also have found that encouraging them to be active participants is really important. That starts with leaving the camera on. Okay, I know that I, I've had expressed from students to me and I've heard from teachers, there's a lot of self-consciousness about leaving that screen on and having people feel like all these people are watching you and listening to you. Um, but, put, but leaving the screen on really promotes accountability uh, and definitely leads to more active engagement. So I definitely would encourage them to try to leave that screen on. Um, you can share with them how difficult it must be for a teacher to teach to a bunch of blank screens rather than all those smiling faces that they're used to seeing when they're in person. That might help with them leaving that screen on. Um, tell them to raise their hand, ask questions, take part in group discussions, just do anything to be interactive as opposed to passive, just letting the information all come one way. You can acknowledge Zoom fatigue. You can let them know that this is a real thing. And sometimes I might feel tired or irritable because they've been on the screen for a long time and that, that you know, you're acknowledging that they probably do feel that way sometimes. Make sure that when you schedule out their day and you have their routine, that you're scheduling in breaks. 
that's really important, especially the younger kids, like they got to get up and move every 15 to 30 minutes at a minimum, just get up and release a little bit of energy and then have your bigger breaks throughout the day, whether you call it recess or whatever the older students want to call it, where they can go out for walks or shoot hoops or do something to release energy. And then the last thing I'd say is ask them questions about their classes, like things, what did they discuss? What they learn new that day? What students are in their Zooms with them? Ask them for names and things like that. Anything that's going to pique you know, their interest or their curiosity. You know, as a parent myself, I actually really like having access to Canvas because as a mom of a little boy, um, I never hear anything when I say, how was school? Like, or what you do today? Nothing. But so I can get into Canvas and actually see like what he's been doing and ask more specific questions, which I think has been really helpful in, in me understanding what he's doing as well. How do you help a child love school again? You know, we're hearing from some of our students that it doesn't even feel like school is real. Like I just open this computer and I do school and I don't really feel like I'm, I'm really connected to school anymore. So how might you suggest a parent helps their child love school again? I feel like parents establishing some boundaries, some rules, some goals, some of the research that, that, that I've looked into, it really shows that the students will work hard when expectations are made very clear. And you know, our teachers are trying to create new expectations as we travel through uh, this new learning environment. Um, so the parents really have to kind of help do that same thing at, at home, you know, relying on routines and systems so that the students stay organized. I'm kind of uh, like John, uh, create that environment at their home, not the bed, like come up with like a classroom type setting where all the materials that they would have in the classroom are, are really close at hand for them so that it looks like school. Mm -hmm. um, and so create that possible school seat classroom environment. Mm -hmm. um, our older kids, and I'm sure it's twinkled down to some of the grade school and intermediate levels, but this media multitasking um, is kind of an issue and we kind of have to remove that um, so that they can't scroll on Instagram while they're trying to listen to the Zoom at the same time and expect to learn and, and take in some of this information. So when they're missing this information by multimedia tasking, um, it takes them longer to finish, they're missing information, they're missing assignments and making more mistakes. So kind of come up with a plan to put the phone in a different room or give it to the parents if the parents are at home while they're in class. Some other things, maybe the parents kind of have to help model at the home. The, the, your kids are kind of looking at how you are adapting so that they better know how to adapt in this time. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe the, one of the other things is, it might not be the worst thing in the world is to put your, your kids, um, their like their preferred activities as an incentive for completing work and helping with engagement. I, I would think a, a, a grade school kid, if they don't complete their work, they don't get to go to their basketball practice that night or, or go at, the older kids get to hang out with friends if that's a, if that's a thing or an option for, for the parents. So kind of make some incentives there um, so that the kids are better uh, helped with the engagement piece of that connection. Yeah, reiterating what Greg is saying, I think it is really important for 
parents to stay extremely positive for kiddos because, you know, we, we look at others' behaviors as human beings and kids really look to their parents to see how they're reacting to something so that they understand how to best react to different things as well. And I know that there's a lot of angst um, with this virtual learning and there's a lot of um, just anxiety and stress because kids are learning, they're just learning so many new things and they don't know how to react to that. And I mean, naturally some get angry, some kiddos, they're very fearful. And as a parent, if you can do your best just to stay positive and remind the kids, it, this is okay. We're all learning something new and it's okay. I think that would help immensely um, for, for the students. And also, you know, going that extra degree and praising your kiddo for making it through the day. Like you got on Zoom, you got there on time, way to go. Celebrate those small steps. And I think that'll help a kiddo just love that whole learning aspect again. Just, you know, kind of that warm and fuzzy feel. We want them to associate the virtual learning with with positive things and a good, happy feeling. So if they're constantly getting that reiteration from you that you're doing a great job, things are going well, then they're gonna think school's fun again. Well, and, and, and we also need to remind them because uh, we have to remind our teachers and our administrators and the parents and the students all the time. We hope that this is a very short season in our education that it, it will change eventually. This is just what we're having to do for now. And so how can we help you get through for the now and that it will look different and get back to the more normal, hopefully sooner than later. Thank you so much. Lauren, you were talking a little bit about mental health and anxiety and different emotions that students might feel. What might you suggest to a parent who has a child whose mental health is being impacted um, right now in a negative way? Um, and that might look like, you know, it's impacting their ability. Um, you know, they used to maybe be extremely engaged in school and now they're not so engaged or they're just not motivated to do anything. What might you suggest a parent do to help them? Well, the first thing that I would suggest is make sure that you are reaching out to us as school counselors because we can, we can help guide you in the appropriate direction. There are so many different avenues that a kiddo might need to go down before we speak to the extreme mental health. For example, it might be, as we were saying before, just that positivity of in reminding a kid, kiddo that, you know what, you're doing a great job. And that might lower their stress and help them get back on board again. Or um, it could be that they're so stressed out about not understanding an assignment that they are spiraling down and that's what's impeding their learning is that there's that fear that they're doing it incorrectly. And so we want to connect them with the teacher so the teacher can reach out to them and say, you're doing a great job. You're doing what you need to be doing. Let me help you understand this piece of it. That might be helpful. Um, if we need to go a little bit beyond that, we have other resources available here in our schools. Um, we have some great school-based therapists that we can make a referral to if, if that's what's right for your family. There are some great resources within the community, um, other therapists and what have you. And of course, if it's an extreme situation where your child needs help immediately, we can point you in the right direction towards stress centers, emergency rooms. Um, Brooke Lawson is our mental health coordinator and we can connect with her as well and she can help guide us too. 
I mean, I can only speak um, definitively about my building, but I would imagine that this is the case across the district, um, that our teachers um, make mental health a priority. So if, if the worry is that there's only so many hours in a day and that most of that is academic, our, our teachers will allow time for a student to to chat with us so we can set up zooms and we all have different ways of setting that up i have a i have a link on our uh, canvas on my canvas page where students can request and then i set up a zoom um, so that's always a possibility as well and to just let you know that it, that if that is something that's going to take away from a little bit of class time that the teachers will make that a priority and, and allow that to happen and will encourage it actually from the elementary perspective, I know I've set up Zooms with students and their parents, and so we can all talk together. I feel like I'm a good buffer so that the kiddos not just listen to the parents' perspective, they have a trusted adult here at school, and we can talk through ways to put incentives or strategies in place to help them at home, too. You know, there's been a lot of conversation around screen time and having school on a screen and how that might be really negative um, for our students and um, difficult. So how do you find a way to disengage from the screen time, but still engage in all of the schoolwork that our students need to complete? So as a parent of an elementary kiddo, you know, we have been working a lot on this at home. I have chosen to have him read books that are from the library rather than read off a screen. Um, we've been playing lots more board games to work on reading and math strategies. We've actually implemented a lot more chores in our house. I feel like the kiddos need to learn how to put their clothes away or help empty the dishwasher. I mean, if we're all inside together, I want them to learn those life skills and to keep them active and moving so that they're just not on their screen all day. What about our students who um, are home alone during the day? So parents are struggling a little bit with having to be at work and their child might not be attending all their Zoom meetings. Um, so how do we um, help parents motivate their students to make sure that they attend those Zoom meetings um, during the school day and that they get that work turned in? Here in the middle level, we deal with that a lot. Um, one of my number one recommendations is to help your student figure out their plan for the day. I feel as though, and I mean, we've witnessed a lot of students, they just, they have a tendency to lose track of time. So they, they forget and, and that's okay. And we, as parents and adults, we have to teach them. Um, make sure that you are helping them set alarms. That's my big, like just set an alarm and not just on your child's iPad, but as a parent at work, I'll set alarms for my, my child's Zooms as well. And that gives me an opportunity to call home or send a text message to my child and say, hey, heads up, you've got five minutes until you have to get on Zoom, make sure you have everything. So it's not just them needing to remember, I can help them remember. Um, and that's part of that teaching process and part of that learning curve. The other thing I want to mention is throughout the day, if you have the opportunity, make sure you're checking in with your kiddo. Um, yes, they're in school, but if you have that opportunity, just give them a quick call. And that's a great time too to instill some of that praise and that positivity and encouragement for them. Um, somebody had mentioned earlier to creating a, an, an incentive, a reward system. I think it's really beneficial 
um, to look at the goals and expectations you as a family have already set and build some of those rewards in there. So if if they're working towards those goals and they're meeting your expectations and their expectations, then there's a reward that they're working towards and that helps motivate them. Um, and to help them feel like they are more in that classroom setting and to help them connect with their class, um, help them create the classroom walls. Uh, here in our building, the kids have the benefit of seeing the agenda for the day in the classroom up on the board. They know what their homework is going to be. They have adjectives on the wall. They have math problems on the wall. If you can create that educational space within your home that has um, different things on the walls, the school walls, that might help them stay engaged as well and be more motivated to jump in to those Zooms. So, I mean, you keep hearing us speak to goals and expectations. Obviously, that's really important. And I think if as a family, you set those expectations and help establish those goals, it's going to be hugely beneficial. And I think with the elementary kids, we've been working really hard to teach them to make schedules so they know what their day is going to look like before it even starts or to make it the night before. And they're all on Apple devices. So they can go ahead and use the calendar to put it in electronically if they would rather do something like that than paper and pencil. And as a parent, if I have an Apple device, I can actually send them a calendar invite to help organize them and to remind them of their schedule throughout the day. Yeah, I don't think we can um, forget how important those visuals are. I know even as an adult, like I don't know what I'm doing in the next hour unless I'm taking a look at my calendar um, and making sure that I'm keeping track of those things. What online resources are out there that can help support our students and parents? I know that sometimes some of the work our students are doing might be over a parent's head. So what might you suggest a parent do if their child has an assignment that they don't feel like they can help them with? Brooke, I think the number one thing I would ask parents to do is to make sure they're communicating with teachers. Um, reach out to the teachers, and I know that's not necessarily the online source, but um, they are, so to speak. Just sending an email uh, or a text message, if that's how the teachers are communicating with families, then send that out to them. Teachers want to know if, if your kiddo needs help or if you as a parent need help. And, and explaining things to your students. So that's the number one piece that I would say. The second thing I, I ask parents to do is to make sure that they get into Canvas with their student. And there's two ways to do this. You can be an observer of your child's Canvas page um, and there, there's steps in order to make that happen on our HSE website. Another way is to sit down with your kiddo and have them log into their Canvas and so and they can help you walk through that step by step. Here's what I'm supposed to be doing. Here's what I'm looking for. And I can't find this resource. So together you can, you can work to find that. And if you can't find what you're looking for, email the teacher. Um, if, if your student needs more help than what you can provide as far as content goes, um, one of my resources is askrose.org. That is a free tutoring site provided by students who attend Rose Holman. And um, you can, like I said, it's askrose.org. You can also give them a call between the hours of 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday. That number is 877-275-7673 or 877-ASK-ROSE. 
Um, and they have a great system set up where they can help tutor students with specific problems that they have, um, particularly in math and science. To piggyback on something Lauren said, um, one of my parents was amazed when she and I uh, got on the Zoom with another teacher to get some extra supports. And then the teacher showed them all of the online things that were already structured on their canvas to the extent where uh, a problem came up and the steps showed how to do that math problem. I, I you know, I get, you know, parents like, oh, I don't know this information. I can't teach them this information, nor are our teachers asking you to do that because they're providing some of that extra support for you for your kids. Yeah, campus can be difficult to navigate sometimes. And so I think just knowing um, that there are people that will walk you through that and talk through the different resources that are available is really, really important. So um, last question, we know that many of our parents are working right now. And so it can be really difficult to try to manage everything that's going on. You know, what might you suggest for a parent who didn't know their child was struggling or didn't know that their child didn't get some of their assignments turned in? What might you suggest um, they do or how might we be able to help them? We actually get this question a lot and, and I get it, you know, two working parents. I, I, hey, I didn't know that they were struggling. I asked them if everything was okay. I assumed that it always had been. And now all of a sudden I realized that it's not when I looked in Skyward or I looked at, at Canvas. So um, one of the suggestions that we put out to the parents is, and some of the things we've kind of talked about, but um, that that the daily, on a daily note, and again, this is if you want to just check in with your kid, or if you definitely know that, that they are struggling, um, that they show the parents what assignments were assigned and, and proof of submission, um, just so that they can prove to you that they're doing what they need to be doing. Um, that that they again show you their canvas so that they can you can see all the things that the teacher is inputting, maybe their calendar, the assignments that are coming on, the lesson plan of the day. Um, and then uh, with the, you know, the schedule, some of you guys said, you know, put it on calendar for, for us at the high school, maybe at the junior high level, I feel some of, uh, of that ownership needs to happen for our students. Um, and so make sure that they, that you know what their schedule is, you can print it off with that, but with that same thing, our teachers have embedded throughout the, the day, different times that they can meet with our student and encourage your student um, to meet with those teachers to get that little bit of help. Like, I didn't know how to do this assignment. I had a question and I, instead of saying, well, I guess I, I don't, I'm not gonna do it there's time in the day structured for our teachers to, to work with them. Um, and then one, the other thing is make sure that you tell your kids that they have to stay on for the full time, that, that the classroom Zoom, just leaning up towards the ceiling or just being part of the class isn't engaging in the class. Um, and so stay on for the full time to get the most that, that you possibly can. And you know, students can set their alarms um, um, and, and review anything really that, that we have with their parents on a daily. I mean, like Greg said, those are all great suggestions. Um, but we know the reality. If you have multiple kids and you're managing multiple Canvas pages, which 
you know, if, if you've spent months and months working on it, then it probably comes second nature to you. But if, if this is your first experience with it, you're just trying to figure it out. And then uh, like Lauren said, the option of having your child sit down next to you and say, just show me how this works and you can play with it. Um, but I would also say, don't hesitate to send a, a weekly check-in email, create a distribution list with those teachers on it and just send out a weekly check-in to say, how's, how's my kid doing? And um, if you don't get a reply back from certain teachers, contact us because we're, for the most part, in the building with them and we can make that connection. And if it's a short message, then we can relay that back to you, you know, whatever it might be. So I would just kind of keep that um, as an option as well. So this is it. Any last words of advice for our parents um, to help them get through this difficult time? I would really encourage them to contact the school counselors. I mean, the teachers are teaching their kids throughout the school day. Many of us have a little more availability to talk on the phone and a problem solve with them. And I think sometimes just talking to someone who's been doing this for a little while and is working with other families, we might have some good suggestions that can help you at home too. Yeah, I'm gonna reiterate what Melissa said. If you could, as families, reach out to school counselors, you know, we're really, we really want to help the students. We want to connect the students with their teachers and back to their learning and help them take ownership. And we don't have all the answers, but uh, this morning I was listening to a podcast with Brene Brown and she was interviewing Barack Obama. And he said, just because there isn't a perfect answer doesn't mean that there isn't a better answer. We don't necessarily have all the answers, but, and we don't necessarily have a good answer all the time, but we can seek a better answer and try to help everybody be successful. I know that some of the stress that we're experiencing might come from worries about what kind of education is are our children actually receiving right now. And I can tell you as an observer, I sit in on a lot of Zooms, um, our trial and error process we went through last spring and then the practice we got early this fall back in August has made our teachers very, very good at what they do. And I, I mean that from observations for me, talking to um, other counselors in other districts and hearing the struggles they're having because they didn't have all that practice. What our teachers are doing right now in their virtual classrooms is very, very good uh, quality instruction. And our teachers are here for a reason because they love kids, they love serving, uh, and they have ownership of the material and the, and the subjects that they are teaching. And we want to make sure that you as parents don't feel like you're on an island, that you have advocates here at the school. And if you are struggling to make that connection with the teacher, that's another avenue for us to be helpful and so that you always know that you've got somebody on your team. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We have more great content planned for future podcasts. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss Raising HSE.